Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Lacrosse fans, it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Lacrosse Classified about to come your way right here. On the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network, Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you once again. Beautiful Tuesday here in British Columbia. Evan, you are in Saskatoon. This is episode 68. We have a great program lined up for you. As we always do, a couple of great guests coming up. We got who you had. We got who you got. Quick sticks under review, of course. And, uh... I don't know. Whatever else we can jam in. How's how's it going, man? Well, I'll tell you this. You're going to hope that the weather holds up the way it is right now in Saskatoon because the snow is almost gone. Like, the, the melt is on hard. Lovely. Which guaranteed means that in three days, it's going to be minus 40. Well, yeah. I mean, I was considering uh, tucking away the, the mittens and the toques uh, for the upcoming weekend and travel. I, I haven't checked my weather app yet, but uh, feeling good here on a Tuesday. We'll, we'll look into that as we get a little closer to, to game day and travel day there, Evan. Um, we were kind of talking before before we get rolling here. Uh, you're... you're quest for health let's call it that uh down another couple of pounds how's things going with that can't complain um you know once again i just gotta get the exercise regimen down but uh the eating part of it what am i down now 21 21 pounds pretty good in six weeks six weeks nice Oh me! Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, Evan, I'm I'm doing well. As uh, well, I mean, I, I assume you're going to be at what about 110 now? <laughs> Not quite. No, <laughs> no. You know what? Uh, I've I've gotten back down below the Vegas weight there. Now I'm I'm I figure I'm going to crack into the 280s here uh, at some point this week. That's that's kind of the next uh, horizon to See. crack. It. See, that's what six hours at the poker table and doubles all night yeah. long cost you, right? Yeah. Well, you know what, man? I tried to stay on the tonic there to to keep those those calories down, but uh, I think it was more the in and out than than anything else that did the damage. But, that but we figured week. out the trick to in and out the second trip, which was the yeah, protein. The pro, yeah. Order, somebody which... tipped me off on that protein style is the way to go. I actually like that better. I like that better, no bun. With, yeah, for with those the... that don't know what it is, they la- they wrap the burger in like four layers of lettuce, no sauce on it, and it, it does the well, trick. Well, no, don't no, don't say that, Evan, because you <laughs> I got the sauce. You the got the then... sauce. <laughs> I got the no sauce, like the... and you no, had to eat no. that thing like hovering <laughs> over top of the sink because uh, yeah. lettuce does not hold in the sauce like a, a white bun. <laughs> Good times. The, 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 the time I went back after you left. Oh, I, you okay? I went back to the no sauce. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Smart play. Smart play. Uh, I was just kind of being nice to you there for a little while. By the way, Micah Kersey and Reese Dutch coming up here on episode number sixty-eight. Uh, thanks for joining us. I was just uh, kind of being nice, Evan, because I I gotta say I have been waiting 
to record this episode uh, for for the last uh, 48 hours, eagerly waiting to record this episode. Do you have any idea why that might that might be, Evan? Because four one-goal games literally did not go my way the last couple of weeks. Mm. That's literally what it is. It's like yeah. every one-goal yeah. game does not go my way. It's, uh. it, 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 it happens. It's a fluke. Yeah. But you know oh, what? a fluke. A fluke, is it, too? Okay, to come okay. back from three... No, 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 let's, let's recall what was actually said here, Evan. Statistically, that it was... It was, it was it's a 6% chance that that happened. 99%, I think, was the comment out of your mouth uh, just weeks ago, saying that uh, oh, who no you worry, got standings be... was a lock. Uh, there was nothing to be concerned about. You're gonna be you had the comfy three-game lead that all of a sudden has evaporated you go below the 500 mark uh, in last but, week's games picking just two and three as i go four and one and all of a sudden evan uh-huh. Schemenauer, it's tied the in the standings it is tied up as i have come and, back from and, three and then, games down uh-huh. and here we sit tied in the standings okay of who you got let's put it this way though it is an eight game week mm-hmm. this weekend. Oh, it's good. So the, the host advantage is a fabulous time to have the advantage. No, you right know now. what? Uh, I, I don't want you influencing my picks anyways, so I do much better leading from the front. I learned that already. And uh, it hasn't gone well for me picking, picking second anyway. So I've clawed my way back. You're talking junk 99%. Uh, That is now out the window. I don't think you can have that percentage anymore, Evan. So let's just see what happens. As you mentioned, Evan, big week 14 in the National Lacrosse League coming up. Eight games on the docket here. This is going to be a fun week of who you got coming up but before we get to that we got to get into stampede tax who we had as i mentioned evan i went four and one a nice tidy four and one you went a lowly two and three this week in uh who we had let's get into these games it started actually let me tell you first whether you are Back there in Halifax and Thunderbird country, Warrior Town right here in, in the Vancouver area, or you, Rush Nation, doesn't matter where you are, you always need a good pair of boots. For whatever the weather may be, I was actually perusing the Stampede Tack website just last night, Evan. You would think, okay, yes, Tack Western Wear Store, what do I want to buy out of there? You need to like check this place out because it has all sorts of things that you would never expect to be maybe in, in a stampede tack and western wear store. No, I mean, if you went to the saw the store yourself, you'd be a little surprised that, you know, you can get leather purses and wallets and things like that, things that don't necessarily pop off the pages. You're going to a country and western store, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Just check it out, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. You can get boots and you can get a bunch of other cool stuff there. Some nice belts. Oh, all sorts. I'm telling you, just check it out, man. Stampede.ca. Evan, it started Friday night in Halifax, and normally those Thunderbirds have been pretty successful at home playing on the Saturday. Now they're playing on a Friday, and big collision right off the get-go to start week 13. Two six and two teams get after it. You had Toronto. I had Halifax in this one, Evan. And the home team, the Thunderbirds, there at the Electric Factory. Keep it going. Nine eight the final. You know, 
And first off, let's talk about the crowd because this crowd was just on fire. Then they've got this building almost sold out now. I believe they announced 9,300. The capacity of the building's 11. They're going to get to 11 before the end of the year. Just wait. But, you know, especially if they're going to get treated to a gym like that. Now, let me ask you this question because we've had this, we had this debate. Would you rather have a 9-8 game or an 18-17 game? 9-8. Mm, yeah, you and me both. Because, you know, it's a good defensive struggle. Uh, you know, goals, every goal is now going to count a lot more. Well, here's t- here's what, and, 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 I, and the only reason I say that is because I think about, like, and not that, and we'll talk about it, not that the game between Calgary and Georgia wasn't extremely entertaining because it was, as was this 9-8 Halifax game. But I, I go back to what, what Dylan Ward said, how when you get into the 14, 15, 16 goal range, there is way too many face-offs and stoppages and reviews and celebrate like it it takes away a little bit of what lacrosse is all about and i talk about it all the time in the flow and the momentum and the swings and the the constant action the fastest game on two feet and 9 8 at 10 you know 9 10 11 is right in the wheelhouse of where you get the best of both worlds you get that high scoring but you also get that flow and and that to me is what makes this sport the the best to watch. Now, I'll t- there's a lot of stories you could focus in on this one. Here's the one guy I really want to focus in on. That's Ryan Banash. If you watched him play in this game, he's banging the goals. He's he had this ridiculous behind the back feed. And this, for a guy like Banash, that's unusual. He does not normally go behind the back ever. And you know, he's banging in the corners, getting the loose ball, setting the picks. It's this stuff off the ball that really, really impressed me watching him. And, you know, I got to say, it's a tough battle. It's going to come down to the wire between these two. They're 1-1 now head-to-head. So next game is going to take the tie break. They're, what, I believe a half game or a one game apart in the standings. So yeah. North look is forward just, to the next time. Yeah, North Division is is going to be nuts coming down the stretch. Uh, but we got to move along here because we're going to talk to Coach Akersey about Brian Banesh and, and all of it uh, coming up here. But we got to move along here, Evan. Uh, Vancouver at San Diego. This was the morning matchup Saturday morning. We both took Vancouver in this one. We both lost this game, Evan, as did the Vancouver Warriors, 15-10. to 10, As a pretty impressive performance, top to bottom, from San Diego, who started Daymood in this game, had to pull him. Shiliano came in. They had to pull him. Daymood comes back in and then kind of seems like the old Daymood again, and Seals go on to win this one by five. A couple things here. First off, we talk about do face-offs matter? Well, when Bob Snyder goes down early in this game, yeah. and Vancouver cannot win a face-off the rest of the game, they 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 didn't. And when San Diego went on this ten-goal run, they, they were well behind at one stage, but they would go on this ten-goal run, and they're getting the ball back every time. Vancouver could not get the possessions, and it's unfortunate. And I hate to say it, you know. Is Bob Snyder, is, is that potentially his last game? It's mm. possible. We don't know. Yeah. But here, here's the one other thing. Like, Vancouver's defense was like Swiss cheese, but here's the critical thing, and that is one team here 
played like it was, you know, win or go home, and the other team didn't. And when you look at some of the stats there with Casey Jackson, another five-goal performance, Jeremy Noble, this is a guy that a lot of people were writing off a year ago. He gets a change of scenery, seven points, right? But San Diego played desperate lacrosse, and it paid off for him. Sure did. Uh, so that kind of keeps their their hopes alive there, and that was a tough loss for Vancouver. That's the season series as well. And it'll be interesting to see how they react going forward. I think they're off. Uh, are they off this upcoming week? I can't remember. No, they they're not. They got country nope. night this week, Kevin. We'll talk Nobody's about that off coming. This week. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, no, it uh, it is crazy this week. So we got to move along here though, because uh, we got Michael Kersey coming up in just mere minutes. We got to get under review in here as well, Evan. So let's pick it up a little bit. Saskatchewan at Philadelphia. This was a heck of a lacrosse game as well. Another fifteen ten final. Rush five and zero on the road. McIntosh looking aggressive. Austin Murphy gets his first NLL goal, which was a beauty and rush offense kind of seems like it's it's finding its way here a little bit Uh, they beat a good philadelphia team on the road and they do it pretty convincingly there was a bit of a lull there from evan kirk but he he regained his form and and kind of steered that one home no he did and yeah saskatchewan offense took a while ryan brian keenan really got going and if there's a guy that's going to benefit the most from this three lefty set it's him you know, he plays that game very, very well. But that was this one thing coming into this game was no Jeff Cornwall. Marty Dinsdale had a situation late in the week that he couldn't go. So there was the potential, but the rush pulled this off. Philly, bit of a missed opportunity. Higgins didn't have the greatest performance, but I don't know if anybody could have withstood that pressure at the start. You know, but Miller coming in, that was something else. Yeah. <laughs> they okay, off the, the, the noggin right off the start. Well, I'll tell you, I tell you, B can, can give you that kind of performance on a one-off and, and you know, step in for 45 minutes. He's, he's not going to be able to carry the load for you over the course of a season anymore, but uh, it was great to see him back in the pipes and be there in Philly and just looking right in a Wings uniform in general. So that was a pretty cool scene and, and um, you know, good for him and, and – not the worst loss in the world for Philly, right? Like, another great crowd there again. And by the way, uh, I know we said we had to move along here, but uh, Philadelphia and the production that they do with the NBC Sports Network, man, a top, not the replays and the angles and the slow-mo, just spectacular there in Philadelphia. So well done to the to production crew. Rochester. Just somebody spend the right pronunciation of the schedule. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rochester at New England. And this one pretty convincing and pretty predictable. 18-7. Black Wolves. Callum Crawford with a big one. And pretty, this one goes according to script here, Evan. Then at the start of the game, Rochester actually, I believe, came out with the first couple goals. But... Then the typical Rochester comes in, and they start breaking down on defense. They start getting frustrated. They take uh, penalties. Guys start getting tossed. Uh, You know, it's – Rochester's – got to get this consistency down. And the one thing is there's a simple game plan to beating New England, and that is keeping Callum Crawford off the scoreboard. 
Well, they clearly didn't do that. He had 12 points, one of the biggest performances of the year. Yeah, Hartley exposed a little bit as well. Wendy didn't look particularly sharp coming in. I like. I mean, are they going to go back to Fryer this week? I I don't know what's what's happening in goal there. They got to trade one of the guys away before the deadline. Yeah, that's really what they got. And do. just like I think you go with your most veteran guy, the guy with the most experience, and that's Fryer. And and then you know you if you want to keep Hartley, okay because he's kind of a young and, and bright future kind of guy. But, like, I, I'm i not saying it's all on the goaltenders here in Rochester, but they, I just feel like a decision needs to be made there. And, and just so there's a clear direction on, on where you're going in that. Yeah, and New York could use a goaltender right now, mm. right? So there's an opportunity to mm-hmm. deal one of the three away and get an asset there for the future. Big game going down in Georgia. So we both had the Black Wolves in that one, Evan. Um, so the only one I've gotten wrong so far is the Vancouver game. And, and I don't think uh, the only one you've gotten right so far was Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan and New England. Yes. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Those were your two ones that you got right. I got four right. Uh, week six winner of who you got, Evan. 18-17 in overtime down in the Dirty South. The Roughnecks, the MVP, makes his return. Six goals for Dane Doby, including the winner. That sounded like this. As I said, you need your goaltender just to make a couple of stops here. Usually it doesn't last more than three or four possessions for either team. A lot of times these games go quick, these overtime games, because everyone's leaving it all out. Here is Doby, and that's it. Dane Doby with six goals tonight, and the game winner, and the Roughnecks defeat the Swarm 18-17. So Doby sends the Roughnecks home on the long trip back with a big W there, and, and it was just he was not going to be denied in that game. What a wild one, though, right? 18-17 final. Del Bianco tweeting after they ain't all pretty. Uh, but this one was crazy. 18-17 in overtime for the Roughnecks. Here's the thing. When you go got a guy like Dane Doby who hasn't played in almost three months, what kind of – or sorry, was it two months? Three months, something like that. Anyways, he, he's got a situation where, okay, is he well-rested? He's ready to go? He's fired up? Or is he rusty? And, well, okay, we found out that – answer pretty quick he just took over towards the end of the game but you know Dixon had 10 points Reese Dutch had eight so this is not just the Dane Doby show they they had the ball getting distributed you know the it almost seemed like whoever had the ball last was going to win and Georgia almost won it on the last possession of regulation after Lyle Thompson tied it up wasn't meant to be but um you know one amazing game at and the end now of the day. we are tied in the overall who you got standings after that big victory by Calgary, which I predicted, Evan, uh, you took the swarm in that one and got it wrong. So after week 13 action, Evan, we are tied 36 and 25 our overall record, speaking of uh, records, one Jacob Power going 5-0, and including a couple of tiebreakers, getting New England, getting Crawford, and closest to the goal total. Is that correct? We had 17 people go 5-0, and Evan. 17 people went 5-0. and 10 of those 17 had either Calgary or New England, and three people had... Crawford. So it came down to the goal total, which none of the three were actually close to. It was 
think he even Jacob was twenty off of it. It was one twenty-seven, wow, but yeah. everybody was There's guessing a couple the lower. Of Eighteen spots up there. You're going to be off. Uh, by the way, Evan, I got to get a couple of things in here before we get to under review. Uh, my girlfriend Danny went six and zero. Not not last week, but the week before, and I, and I failed to mention that, <laughs> which uh, didn't go over well. And and I just talked to Hall of Famer Rick Mang, who who called me up and said I went five and zero this week. Uh, what did I win? And I said no, Manger. Uh, 17 people went 5-0, and so uh, I already know who the winner is. It's not you, but thanks for playing. Thanks for listening, and, and keep signing up for for who you got. So I got I had to get, get those two notes in there, Evan. Uh, we saw a couple of calls here this weekend, very similar calls. There was one in the Halifax game, one in the, the Philadelphia-Saskatchewan game, where the net came off its line or the goal line, if you will, and and the opposing team had a chance to shoot. I'm going to let you break this down, Evan. It's time to go under review. It's time for under review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. They don't have any social media, Evan, because they like to kind of keep their work private for their clients. But if you want to check them out, go to gwilsonconstruction.com. They're an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. All right, Evan, I kind of alluded to what we're going to talk about in under review. Do you want to just take this one away here? So actually, there's so many rules that cover this one. It's crazy. We're going to start with Rule 54. Rule 54 talks about when a goal is scored. Now, the key to this rule is when the net comes out of position, was it inadvertently moved or was it intentionally knocked off? If it's intentionally knocked off, that's a penalty shot, but... If it's inadvertently moved, the play continues as long as there's a reasonable scoring chance and the net is not way, way off that there's no way to possibly tell. And there becomes this virtual net. So it's now a bit of officials' discretion as to whether the ball would have gone in if the net was in the correct spot. So that's what you got to keep in mind. In both situations, there was a challenge to this. I didn't know if they could even challenge it, but you can. But it's a difficult challenge in that it's referee's discretion if that crossed the, the plane of the goal. Is there enough visual evidence to say it would have gone in? And that's the tough part. In the Philly-Saskatchewan game, though, something else happened. And that was the play goes on. Saskatchewan goes down the floor, pops it into the empty net. And uh, Paul Day had already thrown the challenge flag. But as we learned a few weeks ago, in that situation, the play continues, and the challenge takes place afterwards. Now, it was a good challenge probably for Coach Day because not only had he won it, had their goal counted, Saskatchewan's wouldn't have counted, uh, which is a big swing. Empty net. But, but the thing was, it, and good on the perfect camera angle here, and the fact that there was the little line that could tell where the net was supposed to be, it probably would have hit the post. Yeah. So it was it was a tough one. Now there's a few other rules that are in play here. Now that in this situation happens again. Uh, 
Uh, number one is that if it's on a breakaway and the goaltender just knocks the net off, the play stops immediately, penalty shot. Uh, whether that's an advantage or not, it could go either way. But here's another one, and that is if somebody were to dislodge the goal intentionally and the goaltender was not on the floor, it's an awarded goal. So that would be a situation where, you know, they got six on the floor trying to get the ball back. If you intentionally knock the net off, it's an automatic goal. All right. I think that was a very good breakdown of that entire scenario, different scenarios that could play out. Uh, I want to thank uh, my buddy Blake Milton, who who had that submission at Lax Class on Twitter. If you have anything that's kind of like, what the heck just happened there? Uh, we need to have an explanation. Evan, very good with the rule book. I'm okay with the rule book. I, 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 I'm like broadcaster level rule book. I would say you're kind of more referee rule. But uh, that was that was kind of a neat one, and it, the fact that it happened twice this weekend, I thought it was apropos that uh, we break that one down, which you did a nice job of there, Evan. So let's take a quick break here, and we're going to head to the Maritimes, the Atlantic, and talk to the head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. First time around lacrosse classified, it's Micah Kersey. No mercy. He's next on episode 68 of lacrosse classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Devin Caney from the NLL. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Last All-Stars Podcast Network, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, Lacrosse Classified episode number 68. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Just heard from our fabulous friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. I'm going to talk about this later, Evan, but uh, Sean Ashworth has his own club team. They're called the Woodsmen. I went out uh, to their practice uh, this weekend. We're going to talk about that, but right now, Associated Labels and Packaging, they focus on people, ethics, quality, and they're family-owned. I think they're our next guest here, first-timer on Lax Class, can relate to a lot of those qualities right there. It's No Mercy, Micah Curse. I don't know if anyone ever calls you that anymore, Coach, but uh, welcome to Lax Class. Thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, the, the odd person still throws it around. The, guy, the guys always bug me about it, but uh, yeah, glad to be on board. It's a solid handle, man. It's a solid, solid handle. Uh, speaking is, of handles. It's a pretty good nickname. Yeah, it is. Speaking of handles, you got a, you got a pretty good handle on your Thunderbirds right now, playing some good lacrosse this, this season. A first year head coach in the National Lacrosse League. Of course, you were with, with the Nighthawks previous in, a, in an assistant role, but to, to be a first-time National Lacrosse League head coach and to, to be in a new city, to get off to this start that you guys are off to, you couldn't ask for much more, Mike, can you? No, I think the uh, it's been a pretty good script so far. I mean, obviously when you come in, you know, as a first-year head coach, you kind of, you hope that guys kind of buy into, you know, to what you want to try and accomplish and, um, you know, I was fortunate. We, we, we have some very good veterans that were 
are definitely leading the charge and, and definitely putting this team in the right direction. And um, it's been a, it's been a great start to the season. I mean, new city Halifax has been absolutely outstanding. The crowds continue to get larger and larger. Um, and, and right now we're, we're playing good lacrosse. So we, uh, you know, we can't complain on any, and any of those parts. Yeah. And I want to ask you about one, one of those veterans is uh, I cut Evan off there, but it, it's Ryan Benesh who we had on the program, uh, a couple of months ago, early in, early days in the season, and and talking about you know going from Mike Hazen to you as a head coach was a bit of an adjustment for him. You guys are kind of two different people. We're talking about a guy here that that's top ten all time in the NLL, and a guy that's still producing at a high level for you. Give me your thoughts on on what it's been like to coach Ryan Benesh and what kind of impact he's had on your on your roster. Uh, Benny and I have a pretty good uh, relationship, and you know we we had uh, we've had some good conversations. And I mean, he's a guy that that continues just to kind of put the ball in the net. I mean, he's got silky soft hands. I mean, for all the things that he maybe is not the greatest at, um, you know, getting off the floor fast is definitely one of them. That's that's um, he makes that's, all- that's pretty well known, <laughs> Mike. Like, I don't think that's yeah. a secret around the league that that Benny sometimes doesn't doesn't give it all to, to the bench on, on a no. church. No, but I will, I will give him credit. He is probably better than I've ever seen him. And I think as you get on in your career and, you know, his, his you know, he's had an illustrious career as far as, um, you know, the amount of goals and the points and those accolades. Um, I think it to end it in a, with a championship is something that he really wants to do. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate when, uh, when we were talking and, he was unrestricted free agent and, you know, he decided to come here. I knew he would be a big part of our success and he, he continues to put the ball in the net. And I think the one thing that he's doing this year that he hasn't done in the past is he's doing all the little things. He gets a ton of loose balls. Um, he's setting picks for guys like he's doing all the things that you typically wouldn't see out of a Benny. Um, and, and I think that's, that just goes to how our team has been playing. We've all kind of been, buying into what we want and we've all been working for each other and, you know, success is following. And you've, these crowds in Halifax that you mentioned have been treated to a couple phenomenal games the last couple of weeks. Let's go back to Saskatchewan game here just for a second. You know, an absolute lunacy of a finish, two overturned goals in overtime, several hit posts towards the end. It's a loss, but you never take it as a moral victory, perhaps, when you were down 12-3 and the guys finally got the fire and fought back? Yeah, I think, I mean, you always have to look for for positives, I think, in losses and and try and learn from them. We definitely knew that, you know, we didn't have a good start. But I think that it bodes well for the character of a team. It's kind of one of those, you say it was a character win, but, I mean, we, we ended up losing. But it's a character win in the sense that we... We knew that, you know, when we turned it on and we started playing, we started seeing success and, that, you know, that success breeded more success. And uh, it would have been easy to just to turn over, guys start taking penalties, start taking some liberties, you know, and kind of shut it down. And, and our team just really buckled down and just said, uh, no, we're, we're not going to do that. That's not the way we're going to go out. Um, you know, and we just continued to to battle. So for me, I thought it was a, it was a huge uh, momentum for our team and the fact that, uh, you know, we just stuck to our game plan. We, we stuck to working hard for each other and, um, you know, the end result wasn't what we wanted, but, 
Um, as far as a product for the town of Halifax and the fans of Halifax, I don't think they could have asked for anything more. I think that that excitement just led to, you know, a bigger crowd the following week just because people talked about it for days. Yeah, and and as we speak with the head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds, Mike Kersey here, and, and, and then you follow that up with, with a nice victory over Toronto and, and Warren Hill with a, with a big bounce-back game and, and goal. He's been fantastic this year. But I want to go back to your coaching a little bit, Mike, and, and you know, going from being an assistant to being a head coach and being your first year, I would like to think most coaches learn something about themselves year after year. What do you think you have learned in your first year that some of the things that maybe you do well and, and maybe a, a couple of items that you need to work on? Um, I mean, I think I really enjoy breaking teams down and, and breaking game film down. And I feel like, you know, I do a good job of, of preparing our guys for the game as far as what teams like to do, what teams don't like to do. I think, you know, as a player, not so long ago, you still get that emotional aspect of the game, right? So sometimes that kind of will, will get hold of you during the game and you have to kind of reset yourself as a coach and, you know, always think about, okay, what's next? What do we do next? What do we change next? How do we adapt? How do we adjust um, in the game instead of just being involved in the emotions of the sport of lacrosse? So, you know, it's definitely something as a coach you got to continue to work on. Some coaches feed in, um, feed in emotions, but, uh, you know, I kind of want to have that cerebral approach where, you know, I'm always looking five minutes ahead of the game and making those adjustments in the in-game decisions that uh, can lead us to success. One guy that's really, really impressed this year is Graham Hossaker. We call him the cyborg because we don't think he's human with some of the abilities he's got. And, you know, and, and some of these things that you just go unnoticed, even, you know, at going into half there where Nick Rose picks up that loose ball and he's run, you know, three quarters of the way down the field to pick off the empty net goal. Mm-hmm. This guy's in, in contention, not only be defensive player of the year, but the MVP of the league. What is it you see in him that maybe the rest of us don't necessarily see in him every game? Um, I think he is as good as he is because he's never satisfied. You know, he's a guy that, you know, after practice, we, you know, there was a few few goals that kind of, you know, he got beat and, you know, we kind of showed it in video and, you know, talked about, you know, what we need to do. And he came up after practice. It was like, can I watch those clips again? I want to see some of those clips. Like, he's a guy who's never going to settle for as good as he is. He wants to be better. And, you know, for a guy that's two-time defender of the year, you think, you you know, you kind of got it figured out at this point. But he's just a, he's a tremendous athlete that, that wants to continue to improve. And, you know, that, that level of commitment to, you know, honing his craft and becoming better – for an elite athlete is something that I think is, is phenomenal and, and it really is going to set him aside from, from the rest of the guys coming up. And, you know, I only see him getting better. I don't think we've seen the ceiling of a Graham Hossick. Um, I think, and it is scary to think that, but I really, I really do believe he's going to continue to get better and better. Well, I, and, and now, now the guy's starting to, to fill up the net too, Mike, like it, mm-hmm. he's scoring a goal a game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, he's got more goals than a few of my own guys. So. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's just a, he's a machine, and like he he found a scoring touch, and I think that just comes with confidence, right? The first few years, he was, you know, okay, I'm going to play defense, I'm going to pass it off, and you know the way that the NLL is going, where you know that transition aspect of the game is so important to success, and if you're on a positive side of that transition game, 
um, you're, you, the likelihood is you're probably going to win. So those transitions are not, no longer just like, okay, just let our old guys do the job. It's like we have to score three to four goals in transition. If we're able to do that, yeah. we're probably going to win the game. And, and he's doing a really good job just because he's so athletic of getting up and, and getting into play. And now he's found some confidence with his shooting. So, um, you know, really, I mean, it, again, I think that's where the ceiling is going to get bigger for him. He's going to get more confident in that transition game, he's going to become more of a threat coming up and, and playing. And, um, yeah, he's pretty, Yikes. Is yeah, he's cyborg. Pretty, the cyborg, uh, Mike, if you want to hand that, hand that over to the, the marketing department there, you guys can run yeah. with that one if you want. Uh, what, I don't know, like, I don't know if we've ever had a conversation uh, in person or not. I don't think we have, Mike, really. Uh, no, not really, no. Yeah, no, what, I mean, tell tell me about Coach Akersey away from the sport of lacrosse. I know you got uh, a couple of young girls. Tell me about family life and, and what you do away from the game. Uh, well, right currently, right now, I'm sitting in a dance studio in Stony Creek, waiting for my girls to finish. But um, yeah, I mean, I got I got two twin girls that are you know fantastic dancers, and they dance every day of the week. And you know, I just I really enjoy going and watching watching them perform. And you know, they're they're such elite athletes, and the, the dances that they do, and it just it really is you know special to watch. And then. You know, I've got a 15-year-old boy who plays, you know, high-level lacrosse, and um, I take him down into the states for tournaments. And uh, again, I, I love, you know, watching him grow and develop as a player and as a young adult. And that's pretty much where I spend my time with my kids. And when I'm doing my own thing, I'm either you'll find me either sitting in a tree hunting or walking in the bush or uh, on a boat fishing. That's uh, you know, passionate about being outdoors and. Uh, being outside, so I'm either with my kids or I'm doing one of those things. Now you're sitting in the number one seed at the moment in the league. It might be critical to keep that number one seed, especially with this new playoff format. You might mm-hmm. catch a Western team having to come three time zones over. Mm-hmm. How critical is that number one seed to you right now? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I think you you set yourself up for for you know a good playoff run if you have that. And you look at our division, the North Division is, is ridiculous. I mean, you got Toronto, that's a fantastic team, and they're only going to get better when they get a little more healthy. And uh, you've got Buffalo, that's, you know, they're always right up there. And, you know, they got, uh, you know, uh, goaltender of the year, Matt Vance, who can always steal games for them. So, you know, you really got to be on the top of your game, especially in this division. And, you know, overall on the team, you see Sask is starting to get their feet under them. And, you know, they're finding success. You've got, you know, Calgary with Dolby going back and, you know, they look really good and I'm sure they're just going to continue to get more and more confident having him in the lineup. So, you know, getting that good seed and, and getting a, you know, a good position in the playoffs is, is huge. It's huge. And I mean, one of our goals was to have a home playoff game. So, you know, if we can maintain that, that home field advantage um, in Halifax, I think it's, uh, it's a good spot for us to be in. Well, big weekend for you and the T-Birds. Uh, a double dip at Buffalo, at New England. Not the easiest of schedules either here, Mike. Uh, good luck no. to you and, and Thunderbirds. I really appreciate uh, you taking a little time here on Lacrosse Classified and, and hope to, uh, we can cross paths in, in person one day. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, anytime. 
That was Mike Akersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. Evan, and what a fine job uh, No Mercy has done there as his first year as the as the bench boss in Halifax. Like I, I know that was a tough loss against Saskatchewan, but uh, they're sitting pretty good right now, and I don't know if anybody really saw that that start for the season. No, I definitely didn't see it either. And the other critical thing is we saw how Saskatchewan had this you know, enormous success in their opening year when you have a winning team. And with this team winning the way it is, this stadium's going to sell out. It's the way to get a franchise started and, you know, to, to build that lacrosse community in Halifax. Yeah, looks great. I, I want to, It's on the list, man. i got to get to Halifax for a game. Speaking of having to get, we got to get to break. we got Reese Dutch, who just joined the 400-goal club for the Calgary Roughnecks last week. And we're going to talk about it all with Dutchie on the other side. Episode 68 of Lax Class is back after this on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben McIntosh from the Saskatchewan Rush and Maple Ridge Brards. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, episode number 68. Episode 68, Evan Sheminar. This is Jake Elliott with you, and now joined by a Man Cup champion. He is an NLL champion. It's Reese Dutch, longtime friend of the program. Dutchie, thanks for doing this once again. Welcome back to Lax Class. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, our pleasure. Uh, congratulations, man, for hundo in the national lacrosse league joining a very exclusive club only 15 players in league history have reached that plateau and the cool thing about it bradley challoner digging up this nugget race that three out of the 15 are on the active roster for the calgary roughnecks and in, in dixon and Dolby. that's pretty cool yeah no it's pretty uh got some firepower up there over the years <clears throat> Well, uh, tell me what it means. I know you, you're not you're not a guy that likes to talk about your own numbers, Reese. But did you? Uh, you must have known 400 was sitting there for you. How did it feel to to get it and to have it come in a in a huge win for you guys in overtime? Like that was one of the crazier games I've ever seen. But just take me through 400 in that game down in Georgia. I mean, as an instant classic of a game, I mean, what a, you know, there's stints of not scoring and then a shootout to end it overtime. I think it was, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Georgia fans obviously didn't like how it ended. We did. But, uh, I mean, just for the sports in general, it was an awesome game, I think. Um, and, I mean, yeah, obviously getting the win was most important and what we were focused on. But I, I knew that I was one goal away and I was uh, – you know, I was happy to get it early and, and then just kind of keep rolling from there. Now, let's talk about the ever-evolving lineup of the Calgary Roughnecks offense. And the same problem existed last year where you don't have Tyler Pace every game. On the left side, of course, Jesse King goes down. Dane Dobie gets suspended. Obviously, a lot more pressure on the right-hand side to produce. But then, with Dobie coming back, is it more of a release valve that now you've got more pressure on the other side. It's not necessarily one side of the floor that's got to carry the load. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the guys that were playing on the left side while Dobie was out did a great job. I think um, his style of play and just his ability to kind of carry the ball, and, and it, it really just creates a different dynamic to our offense. Um, I think our right side uh, players are more fitted to a two-man game, so to speak, um, with a little bit more space out there. It's Dixon, Dope, uh, myself, and, and Pacer, and then, 
uh, the kid when he gets in. And uh, I think that the lefties, you know, Dobie can work in the three-man side and kind of carry the ball. So it certainly gives, brings back kind of uh, a style of offense where we've found most success. Um, so, I mean, you know, just his talent alone, got him back in the lineup's been huge. <laughs> I like how you referred to Hayden Dixon as the kid. Well, the kid. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. I no, guess. no, hey, For man. His name's Hayden. <laughs> yeah, when, when you've been around as long as you have, Reese, you can call uh, You can call rookies the kid. I, and I, and I want to get back to you, but I, I, you, you mentioned, and we're talking about Dane Doby here, and, and he goes off for six. He gets the OT winner, oh. first game back, all that stuff. But, like, have you, honestly, like, have you ever seen another player in the sport like Dane Doby? <laughs> oh man i mean what a loaded question i think i know i mean i think he's probably one of if not the smartest lacrosse player that's ever played and uh you know you pair that with a with a set of hands like he's got and it's something pretty special so you know he's well over 400 goals now and he's not slowing down anytime soon so i think uh i mean yeah he's, he's a leader with his play but he's also a leader in the locker room and it's been um it's been awesome over the last year and a half just getting to know him and, and you know, on what he, what he, how valuable he is on the floor. Yeah, and then if you, you know, saw him walking down the street, you'd figure he was like a, you know, a 20-year vet plumber or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah, man. I mean, he definitely has, uh, he, he breaks the mold when it comes to sort of your professional athlete in a way, but, um, I mean, you know, like you said, he just scored six goals in the game winner and he hadn't played <laughs> it's in probably two and a half. It's, a, it's, it's honestly... He hadn't played in two and a half months. Yeah. And you know what? The, the ball's in his stick at the end of the game, and why wouldn't it be? So yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's some special, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, as we speak with Reese Dutch here on, on Lacrosse Classified, and, and Dutch, obviously, I, I follow you along on on the social media, even though the, you don't, maybe don't return the favor there on, on Twitter. That's okay. Well, I'll, <laughs> do I'll, I not? No, I'm sure I do. Uh, well, he just, follows me. Just, yeah, just follow me and mute me if that's what you got to do, Reese. I know I, I, I tweet a lot. Um, what I'm saying here is is I've been watching you and, and your, your story, your recovery from the Achilles injury and, and the work that you've been putting in and the posts that you've been putting up. Walk me through, like – the rehab process here and and like how many days a week were you going how many hours a day were you going to get back as quickly as he did because you came back a lot sooner than i think a lot of guys would off an injury like that yeah i mean it's sort of um i mean it's what a long haul it's been and i mean i'm not i wasn't even it's only been about eight months since the surgery and i was told i wouldn't really have normal function until nine so it's still a work in progress trust me um i was kind of lucky so to speak i guess relatively um, because it, my, I didn't actually tear the Achilles. It just, it, it, it was what's called an avulsion. So it came off the heel bone. So, so it wasn't, uh, I yeah, so it wasn't, um, I, like I said, you know, it's not great, but it wasn't as bad as having an, having a tendon that had to repair. Right. So yeah. they kind of anchored it back in and, and now it's, and it's just been sort of dealing with that. It was like, it was, you know, trying to deal with a bone injury as opposed to, you know, a torn tendon. So, I mean, you know, yeah, some of those, like a fully torn one can take 12 to 15. I was luckier. I sold seven to nine. So here we go, man. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the first little bit, you're just healing and then physio a couple times a week, trainer, all that stuff. You are, the calves, kind of... are the calves back to, to Dutchy standards? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, that's been a personal goal. <laughs> it's been a bit of a, a soft, a sore spot for me. Um, it is a little bit smaller, but it is okay. coming back. Okay. It was quite, it was quite embarrassing at first. It was kind of like, a, <laughs> well, like you probably man, got Lewis just, just chirping in daily, right? Like uh, you can't have <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I, there's, and I mean, the guys don't hold back on it either. So they let me know. They 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 don't let me forget that it's smaller. That's for sure. 
Got to ask you about Kurt Malowski. And I mean, this is a guy we love having on the program because he tells it to us straight. Looks like he just tells it to you guys straight. Tell us what it's like to play for a coach like Kurt. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I'll, I'll say it. Like I'm, he's prolonging my career for sure. Playing for a guy like that. I mean, he knows how to use his players. Well, I don't think I've ever seen anybody analyze games as well as he does. And he just, and he just got a true passion for it that you can't really teach, man. Like he loves lacrosse and he spends, and, and I don't know, he's just, he's a lacrosse genius and I love playing for him. And yeah, he tells it straight. It's intimidating, but intimidating in a good way. Right. Cause at the end of the day, what he wants is for the team to win. And what he does is making sure the team wins. So He'll break it down to the level of individuals and he'll chat with you when he needs to, but everything with him is about the team. And I don't know, man, I just love playing for him. It's great. You're, hey, you're like, you're almost up to speed as far as talking like him now, Dutchie. Like you're, you're, you're going there. Nothing more <laughs> than we like when, when Kurt gets on a roll, like in a bench interview or something and, and just goes a hundred miles an hour, but like he gives you, he gives you the goods. He's about as real as it gets and about as smart as it gets as well. And and really, at the end of the day, like, yeah, he's going to be, like you said, he's going to be hard on you, but he's going to be fair and he's going to be real. Like, I don't think he's going to say anything that you don't already know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might not want to hear it, but you certainly well, know yeah. it. And he's going to make sure that you know it and you hear it. So, I yeah, man, I, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I mean, why not? He's, he's finding success and and I think, and I, I, I truthfully believe that my, like this whole thing kind of coming to Calgary and, and getting to play for him is going to add years to my career. Um, just because the way he does things and he understands how to use his players so well. Well, how do you, how do you feel in that regard, Reese? Like I, I, what do you, how long do you think you want to play? Oh man, I, I don't know. Now that I'm like, I've this stupid foot of mine has been battling. I've been battling for like three years and last game was probably one of the only games I can remember where I haven't, like had pain in my foot and been thinking about it while I was playing. So it's kind of encouraging and then sort of rejuvenating in a way. Um, so like, I mean, years, I want to play for another four or five years, as long as I can, really, I don't have any, you can be retired for the rest of your life, man. You can't go back and play. So it's kind of like, you got to do it as long as you can. True that. You got to score the goal that every kid, when they're growing up, loves, would want to score the overtime winner to win a title. Has the excitement of that goal worn off at all? Uh, you know, kind of. I don't. Uh, I don't play it for my friends every time they come over anymore. That was more of a summer thing. I should. Uh, <laughs> I should have played it for you, Reese. I should have played yeah. it for you. Um, you know what, though, it's uh, my kid when he plays lacrosse in the backyard. I can hear him. I don't even have to be out there, and he knows the whole. The whole. The, he, you know, he, he does. He Jenner's call the goal. <laughs> Like Jesse King, Riley Lowen, Dutch. He he knows it, and he really and he acts it out, man. And it's like it's it's heartwarming. It's pretty cool to see. Oh, he found me. You're gonna hear him. Uh-oh. That's okay. Um, I know you yeah. got him. You just got him signed up for uh, for summer lacrosse. Yeah. Did you? yeah, we did. Yes, Finn's starting lacrosse soon. Um, and he's so he's fired up about that. So we've been practicing in the backyard, and then yeah, just to finish the story. So he actually, you know, he'll reenact the goal kind of from the YouTube clips, and it's uh, pretty cool. So I mean, this excitement still lives on, but. Uh, you know, it's, we're 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 in, we're into the thick of this season now. So yeah, well let's 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 end it on that, Reese. And and I know you haven't had the full complement all season long with with Pacer in and out and Doby suspended and, and King are hurt. But looking back uh, a year ago to the to the championship team and and looking into 2020 and coming down the stretch here of the regular season, how do you feel about your Roughnecks and where you guys sit and and what you're capable of doing come playoff time? Um, you know, I think, 
I mean, we're in, I mean, look out. I think. I think you know, again, Dane back is huge, and I don't think you know Kinger's going to be back sooner than later. I think. I mean, he had that that collarbone injury, but um, you know, once we get some consistency here in our lineup, and I think you know, we saw you know our offense did a great job on on again in Georgia. So you can see we can put up goals, and then you know, there's been games earlier in the year where we're only giving up six or seven. So. At both ends of the floor, we're capable of being the best team in the league, and I think you know we're going to start clicking, putting that together a little bit more down the stretch. And when we get keep guys in the lineup, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to be a part of. Absolutely, man. Uh, and and hey, like like Delb said, they ain't all pretty, Dutchie. They ain't all pretty. You got it, Delb. No, man. That's exactly. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> yeah, what a stressful game. Up, down, up, down. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to chew some aspirin. Absolutely. Uh, all the best to, to the Dutch family. Good luck with Finner in, in lacrosse this summer, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll see you in Saskatoon when the Roughnecks uh, yeah. roll through. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks for sake. doing this, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thanks, that was Reese Dutch. We didn't even get to talk Shamrocks. Uh, all sorts of stuff we could have talked uh, with Reese Dutch about, Evan, but uh, always one of my favorite guests on Lacrosse Classified. Really well spoken, really well thought out, and just a veteran of the league and, and knows how to get, get himself through an interview. And one of my favorite players to watch, especially this is the thing. Just like the Hulk, do not get him angry because when he gets angry, he plays 10 times better. It is fun to watch. <laughs> Everybody loves angry Dutch. Doesn't come out often, but it's good when it does. All right, Evan, let's take a break. Let's get into the fourth quarter here on Lax Class. Quick sticks. And who you got? Eight games coming up in week 14. We'll break them down when we return on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games. Loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Eric Penny, goaltender for the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Star Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time. And now it's time for Who You Got. Welcome back to Lax Class, ladies and gentlemen, lacrosse fans alike. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar, episode 68. No more breaks here on Lax Class. We're into the fourth quarter. You just heard... From the NLL, Vancouver Warriors, Evan. It is country night. Uh, that reminds me, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call up 604-899-4625. Hit option one. Hopefully, get my man Chad, and I gotta get uh, Danny some tickets for this weekend's game. She's a big country fan. Also likes those Warriors as well. More, a little bit more of a Rush fan, Evan, but uh, she does like those Warriors as well, being a, a hometown girl here, but is a is a Rush fan as well. Uh, so I gotta get uh, her some tickets. Country night going on. They got all sorts of craziness going down at the Warriors game this weekend. Uh, they got the Mechanical Bowl. They got uh, Dodgeball going on. All sorts of things. I mean, check this out alone here, Evan. They got a concert lineup going on at the Warriors game as well. Karen Lee Batten, Hillside Outlaws, Kadoo. And then the big one, post-game concert by Sean Austin. 
Just give me a good night down at Rogers Arena. Pick up your tickets at VancouverWarriors.com. Go to Stampede Tack and Westerwear. Pick up a pair of boots. Get yourself a cowboy hat. Head down to the Warriors. VancouverWarriors.com. All sorts of stuff going on. And then uh, they got the, the cheap beers, the cheap food. They're taking on the Georgia Swarm. So you got Thompson Brothers coming to town which is always entertaining. And Vancouver Warriors been playing much better lacrosse at home. They kind of ran into a bit of a, a roadblock there in San Diego, but I expect a good bounce-back performance this weekend on oh. their home floor. And how critical is that? Because all those years in Langley, they could never win at home, mm-hmm. and that was part of the problem, getting the crowd out. Tickets just... 1995, and they go up from there. Uh, check them out on their social media as well at NLL Warriors. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, did you see the <laughs> voice of the Warriors uh, tweets out after? Uh, I don't think it's a, a big secret, but uh, GM of the Vancouver Warriors, at least he used to be a big Boston Bruins fan. I, I'm assuming he still is, uh, but probably kind of keeps that under wraps now that he's working for Canuck Sports and Entertainment. But Brandon House, the voice of the Warriors. So the the Warriors lose on the weekend to the Seals, and then the Bruins lose to the Canucks, and and Ausla went out to, went out the GM. He must be pretty secure in in his job. <laughs> that is something I would not do. Well, it's it's funny. Even uh, you know these teams now going after one another on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, New England it. and Philly have a really good battle going yeah, back Calgary and, and Colorado always kind of get into it with each other. Vancouver and Saskatchewan and Vancouver we got at. Yeah, now they're yeah. now they're into it. Cornwall was uh, involved, uh, former player of Vancouver, and and now current player of Saskatchewan got involved. So I think it's great. I I mean, when teams kind of beak each other on social media, I, as long as it's in good hearted fun, and it always seems to be. I think it's fantastic. Like those are the posts that get the fans most engaged, is what I find. Exactly, and they got to advertise this league. That's the way you get things going. Maybe you get a little bit of a heated crowd in the next game, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what you need. Well, um, so yeah, check out Country Night uh, this weekend, February 29th, down there at Rogers Arena. VancouverWarriors dot com. Get your tickets. Uh, I would be there, but I'll be in Saskatoon, Evan. And we're going to talk about that game in Saskatoon right after this because it's time now for Stampede Tax. Who you got? Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 Stampede Tax, who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tax and Western Wear. Of course, more than just cowboy boots there at Stampede. They got CSA approved. They got work boots, rubber boots, cowboy boots, blendstone boots, and then tons of other stuff in that gigantic store out there in Cloverdale. Kevin Michael Winkler and the gang. Uh, his son, by the way, Evan, just getting a job with the Colorado Mammoth uh, a couple of months ago. Put in a put in a word with Selfer there and uh, came through. Brandon Michael Winkler getting a job with uh, the Colorado Mammoth, which I love to see. Nice local product. Going down to Denver and now uh, I think he's working with their like their school programs and stuff, which is kind of cool. Speaking of cool, I was uh, attending a kind of a job interview, I'll call it that, uh, with the city of Coquitlam. And anyways, long story short, ran into uh, one of the other interviewees there who happened to be a elementary school teacher. And I was doing some lacrosse skills and, and what have you during this process. And uh, 
this girl says, oh, lacrosse. Um, she goes, what do you do? And you know, we started talking. She goes, oh, I just went to a Warriors game. This is Matt Beers and a couple of the guys came by the school that she teaches at. Turned her and her husband instantly into to Vancouver Warriors fans. are going to get season tickets next uh, for next season. But they've been to every game since. Uh, Beers and the boys showed up to her school, and a bunch of the kids have been talking about it. So she actually went out and bought a lacrosse stick as well. So um, love to see it, love to hear it. The, the, the Warriors in the schools around uh, Metro Vancouver here. And paying dividends. Season ticket holders, kids are fired up, and, and that's what you love. But yes, getting back to our friend Kevin. Kevin, a big, big fan of the game. He's he plays who you got, even though he's the one oh, yeah. donating the prize. Mm-hmm. He plays every week. As 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 should you. Don't forget to sign up every single week. And while we're on the subject here, but just before we get into a big week fourteen, we we have over a hundred people sign up for every week. And this week, this past week, we had 17 people go a perfect record. So don't think that you can just wait until the the last minute and sign up at the last second, get your picks in, and, and oh, I'll get the first tiebreaker, right, just in case somebody else out. Like, just because you go perfect does not mean you're going to win. Just because you have the first tiebreaker does not mean you're going to. So what I'm saying here, people, is don't delay in signing up get it done early because if it does happen to come down and by chance it could where two people go perfect they have the same top score they have the same team with the highest goals they pick the same number for goals scored evan what does it come down to for the fourth and final tiebreaker who got their picks in first who got their picks in first and I believe our buddy, our good friend, used car auto center over there in Langford, Evan, mm-hmm. missed out on winning who you got one week because somebody signed up before he did. So it can and it will come down to that factor once in a while. Yeah, don't, he did. And actually, it was only a two-game week that happened. But mm. think of it week this way. Six, that, I believe that week was. It, it was week, funny because one of the guys six. in the chat group was saying – you know, I just went five and zero, oh, mm-hmm. and I had New England, and I had Crawford. And he's all excited that he's he's won this thing, and three people had that combo already. Mm-hmm. Like it was amazing. Smart listeners, you know. smart listeners here on Lacrosse Classified, Evan. Okay, uh, eight games, week fourteen. The standings now tied, as I have made up a three-game deficit. Also winning week six of who you got, Evan. But this week, week 14, you get to host. Take it away. So, yeah, and it is not an easy week. But you know what? I felt bad for you after 10 weeks of, you know, you having to you host. I'll take bad. over. For, right. I'll, 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 uh, right. I'll deal with it for one week. So here we go. The only Friday night game in this whole eight-game set, New England making their shortest road trip of the year. Down to Long Island to play the Riptide. Who you got? Taking the Black Wolves, Evan. I think there's there's potential here for an upset, but I'm not ready to walk out on that limb quite yet. So give me the Black Wolves to beat the Riptide. Yeah, it's a pretty simple pick here. Black Wolves should take this one. Now we get into Leap Day and six games on Leap Day, and most of them happening near the same time. So here we go. Oh man! It it, it is the battle of the expansion teams. The only time they're going to play. And a sad thing about this is that the loser might get Jeff Teat 
the Riptide, the Nighthawks. Who you got? Yeah, the the Teat Bowl, if you will, here, Evan. And listen, both teams want to win this game. Expansion Cousins here and bragging rights on the line and season a long way from over. And I think these two teams expect to get a couple more W's as the year goes along. They may or they may not. I don't know. But they're going to both teams are going to try and win this game. I'm convinced of that. And the only I'm taking the home team. I'm taking Rochester because they are Blue Cross Arena. They are the home team. And that's who I'm taking. And at the beginning of the year, when we looked at the the rosters and the expansion and the the draft, we both kind of said we think Rochester is a little further along. And that may change as we saw San Diego make the playoffs last year, and now Philadelphia is doing what they're doing after missing. So I don't know. But I'm taking Rochester. That's my pick. Yeah, the difficulty really here is that New York, when they've done well, it's that the other teams had one top score that they've managed to double team. They took them out of the game, made everybody else beat them. New, you know, Rochester's just got a few too many weapons up front to try and shut down Sean Evans and Sean Evans only. I'm taking the Nighthawks too. Uh, let's see how this one goes. But the other speaking thing, speaking of that, uh, shutting Sean Evans down, how about my boy Greg Downing uh, over the weekend? Yeah. Callum Crawford calling Greg Downing the best American defender of all time. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. Oh, it's tough to say. I mean, it's it's a it's a pool that will grow with time. So maybe for now, but I think that that's going to be a very short lived one because there's a lot of good American talent coming up pretty quick. Head coach of the uh, Ripta in that conversation, Reggie Thorpe. That's true. All right, yep. uh, let's move along. Both uh, taking Rochester, both taking New Here England. Here we go. Okay. So now, up to Bounded Land, a battle for potentially for first place in the North. Mm-hmm. The Thunderbirds, the Bandits, who you got? This is a tough pick here, Evan. I I don't know if Dane Smith's going to be back in the lineup by the sounds of it. I don't think he is. I don't know if Chase Fraser is going to be back in the lineup. I haven't heard anything on him yet. But they do have Matt Vince. It is in Buffalo. Friend of the program, Corey Small, playing well. Joshua Byrne is lighting it up. This is a tough pick, Evan. Halifax coming off that win, 9-8. I think Buffalo is just too good at home. Give me the bandits. You, you hit the nail on the head with the first few words of your analysis, and that is we don't think Dane Smith is going to be playing. And, you know, it's, it's, they actually revealed in the last broadcast what the injury is. It is a broken finger. I didn't want to say it, but it's out there but now. It's out there now. Um, so let's be honest. I don't think that Buffalo's got the scoring power. We saw it against Philly fizzle out. So I'm going to take the Thunderbirds. So there we go. But it, it's a tough one to pick, but I'm, that I think the Thunderbirds are going to make it happen. Okay. Now we go to the now we go to the Sastel Center and the Grubinator is going to be in the building. Oh, I don't know goodness. if you know that. Yeah. Now we got to make sure he's got a, a Rush jersey. He's got a Rush golf shirt. We got to have him in the right colors. Speaking of golf now. shirts, Evan, make sure you throw mine in your car at some point so we don't uh, <laughs> go through that again this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So it's the Rock. It's the Rush and. Once again, playoff rankings online. Who you got? Uh, is that an honest, is that an honest question, Evan? 
Well, you know what? I got to give you the opportunity to Saskatchewan, Evan. Saskatchewan. I'm taking Saskatchewan Rush. Oh right, yeah, I'm taking the Rush too. Um, tough to you know, it's not an easy. No, nope. uh, it could be an easy win, but it's. I think just they're the better team at the moment. Now let's move on to the Loud House, Philly, Colorado. Mm. Who you got? This game is a little trickier. Tyler Digby, now a member of the Colorado Mammoth, uh, being traded over the week. Couple of what? What was it? A couple of second round picks for Digger. That, that's right. Yeah, I mean that's what they would what the Riptide would have got as compensatory had mm-hmm. he signed somewhere else next year mm-hmm. in the UFA. So Philly at Colorado. Philly coming off a loss, but Higgy and the boys playing pretty darn good. But can they get that offense going against Dylan Ward? Colorado is going to be desperate as all can be. Man. I can't bet on Colorado. I do not know how to pick. Give me the mammoth. Taking the home team. Taking the home team. Okay. Well, here's the one thing. I mean, we talk about gambling and in uh, in lacrosse i'll be interested to see what sports interactive sets as the over under in this game mm. because you know if it's anything uh you know 20 or over i'm taking the under every single time yeah. um but the thing about it is is that um you know philly's got the road trip i think colorado will get it figured out I'm going to take the mammoth as well. Okay, it's, I'm happy you did that tough. because I'm happy you took Colorado because I don't want to lose a game on that game. And no, neither do I. Yeah, I don't so know. Now, I honestly don't know in that game. That I should have went with the coin. To be quite frank with you, I suppose I still could. Uh, uh, no, you got your lock pick locked yeah, in. Right, so right. now we go to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and a team that put up 15 last week. And the San Diego Seals playing a team that put up 18 in the Calgary Roughnecks. Who you got? Just had Reese Dutch on the program. Calgary's at home, and I'm I think they're gonna find their groove here a little bit. And I'm taking the Roughnecks. Look for a big bounce back from the Phenom Del Bianco. Del Bianco, Evan. Yeah, Del Bianco. And uh, you know, I'm not betting against Dane Doby after that performance. I'm taking the Roughnecks too. Pretty simple pick. Uh, now we go to Vancouver. We talked about this game not too long ago. The Swarm, the Warriors. Who you got? Yeah, this. I think what what should happen here, Evan, is I should pick Vancouver and you should pick against Vancouver. Are you willing to to negotiate that deal right now? Let's do it. Because you're going to take Georgia anyway, right? I think, and and I think Vancouver and, and, and the GM there. I think he likes it. I think he likes it when you pick against him. Well, you know, but I'm not dead set on Georgia either. You know, it's it's a long road trip. It's not easy. Vancouver's been playing well at home, but I just like I like the Swarm better than I do the Warriors in this one. But I'm not. It's it's a sixty forty. Okay, I'll ta- I'll take Vancouver. You take Georgia. That's a done deal. Because okay. I, I like again. This is Philly, Colorado, all over again. I think this game could go either way. But when in doubt, I like to take the home team and maybe take 
take the team that sponsors the podcast, Evan. Yeah. All right. And now for your and I favorite thing, Sunday oh, afternoon yes. lacrosse. I'll, I should be home just in time for Both. face-off here. I love it. Both of these teams playing their second game of the weekend. However, uh, New England having a day in between. Now at the casino, Halifax, New England, who you got? This is – I'm taking the Blackwells because they are money Sunday afternoon at the casino and Halifax in Buffalo the night before. And I just – I like New England Sundays at home. I just I think that is their sweet spot, so give me New England. Yeah, I'm taking the Black Wolves too. Keep in mind this is the seven hour bus trip. Now, Philly overcame that last time. They did. They did. But and guaranteed New England's gonna have to work the ball a bit because the cyborg's gonna be all over Crawford all game long. But I'm taking the Black Wolves. I think Halifax. How's that for a matchup? Cyborg against Showtime. That is going to be fun to watch. It is. But uh, so what? We got two differentiating picks in the week. We do. You got Buffalo. I got Halifax. I got Vancouver. You got Georgia. Those are our two differentiating picks out of the eight games this weekend. We both took New England to beat the Riptide. We both got Roch to beat the Riptide. Uh, both got Sass to beat Toronto. Both got Colorado to beat Philadelphia. Both got Calgary to beat San Diego. Both got New England to beat Halifax. A lot of games. Don't forget, sign up early. Get your picks in. Don't miss out, especially this week when there's eight games on the docket. And you know what? The last several weeks, like a few weeks ago, we could say the last game of the week, if this person picked or gets their pick right, this wins. If the other person gets their pick right, they win. Mm-hmm. The last several weeks, it's been there's still 13 people involved yeah. in this. So, Okay, quick stick, seven. That's how we end off the podcast each and every single week. In case you are joining us uh, this week, didn't last week. News and Notes is now called Quick Sticks, going back to an old theme that we used to have back on Stealth Classified. So moving forward, news and notes will ever be known now as Quick Sticks here for week 14. And uh, myself, Teddy Jenner, are going to be calling the President's Cup in Leduc, Alberta in this upcoming summer, along with uh, my buddy Mohamed Joma, who I called the the 16 Prezi with. Uh, so I was talking to him. I'm like, you know, where are you staying? Uh, what, what are the dates here? And so he got on the CLA website and noticed that the Minto Cup – was now three or four days shorter than it has in years past for the dates booked, which now kind of led me down a rabbit hole to find out that the Minto Cup is going from a best of five to a best of three final. Your thoughts, Evan Shemino? I, I don't mind it because when you, if it was just two teams, it was, it was just back in the day when it was Ontario, B.C., and they're playing a best of seven, that's fine. But now you have a tournament where you have a round robin, you have a one-game winner-take-all semifinal, and then a best of five. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. A best of three is fine with me. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to the mighty dollar, Evan. And uh, 12, 13 days away for a tournament, whether you're back east from the west or in the west from the east or whatever, that's a long time for coaches and managers and trainers. Players is not such a big deal because that's what they're doing. But 
lot of these people have jobs, and that's a long time to be away from your family and from your job. So uh, if you can shave off three or four days off uh, the tournament, so be it. Couple other news and notes. Just watching that Philadelphia Saskatchewan game, Evan Charbonneau. Steph Charbonneau really kind of started to jump off the page at me. This this kid is working his way into the conversation as as one of the top defenders in the league. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. I don't know if I go that far just well, yet. You, but, you watch, Evan, uh, and, and ask around about this I think kid. that's a take that's a little too hot. Ask but, around uh, the league of what coaches and managers think of Steph Charbonneau. And okay, he's not in Cyborg and Rue. No, but I said he, listen I to what I said, Evan. I said he's working his way into the conversation as being one of the top defenders. Not that he's there now or at the top. Working his way into the conversation is what we're doing right now. Okay. I mean, is he one of Philly's better defenders? Yeah. Is he top 10? I have a hard time putting him there yet. Okay. Well, maybe you can list off 10 that you think are better when we get off this phone call, and then I will debate that 10. Uh, what else do I got here? I, I've been following closely along with uh, Dallas Elliott, Hall of Fame goaltender Dallas Elliott of Philadelphia Wings fame. He's got himself a really cool Instagram account. He's actually got a really cool YouTube page. Hall of Fame Netminder 35 is his handle for YouTube and Instagram. Hall of Fame Netminder 35. Dallas will post up clips from the old MILL days. He'll post up full games on his YouTube channel from old WLA and old NLL, old MILL games. Just fantastic stuff. And he's working with USA Boxla and, and working with the young goaltenders there as well. And uh, he's, he does some coaching along with this, these clips that he posts up of, of himself making saves and how and why he made check, – check this out. I'm, I'm telling you, it's worth a look. Dallas Elliott, Hall of Fame Netminder 35, YouTube, Instagram, do it. Uh, what else, Evan? Trade deadline and roster freezes uh, dates announced. I don't have the email sitting in front of me, but – you got the dates in front of you, correct? I don't have them directly in front of me, but okay, I can. Give me two seconds. I will find them here. No, Sorry, I got yeah. it. Uh, playoff dates announced as well. They will. You get. You get the uh, the trade deadline and stuff. I'll announce the playoff dates, which begin the week of May first, and will run through consecutive weekends through the end of May. So we will have an NLL Cup champion. By no later than May 31st. Playoffs begin May 1st. They end May 31st as they go quarterfinal, semifinal, game one, game two, game three, if necessary. Oh, no, excuse me. So they'll play game one, game two in May 22nd, and then game three will be the following weekend should they go the distance. Now, one thing we already know is that the Rush do have a bit of a conflict with a concert that's coming into town, so... You know, the second week may be an interesting, might be a Thursday or a Monday game. We'll have to wait and see. So here's the whole spiel with all the trade deadlines, everything. The trade deadline and the deadline to sign any RFAs, which think, you may think, what's the deal there? And Adrian Sorichetti is out there as an RFA, is March 17th at 12 noon Eastern. Um, Clubs have to submit final rosters by Friday, March 20th, and you are still permitted to sign street-free agents until April 13th. 
So there you go. Trade deadline, roster freeze comes up March 17th, March 20th, and then you can sign street free agents into the middle of April uh, before playoffs get going at the beginning of May. I mentioned Sean Ashworth and his club team, the Woodsmen, uh, checked out their practice over the weekend, Evan. I think I want to get involved with this club here. Uh, they do a little traveling around. They play in the USA Boxla tournament uh, down in Vegas, Palm Springs, Huntington Beach, uh, they got two squads, field and box, two different teams for each, and uh, this is super cool. Like, the Ashworths kind of fund this whole thing for these kids, and what an experience it is, and, I, and I'm looking forward to getting involved with it. And, yeah, I mean, with that kind of travel, and good on Sean for, you know, taking a, an elite team like this and trying to build them, you know, get them some field experience against top level, because let's put it this way, NCAA scouts will be watching and things like that. Yep. So it's how you get noticed. It's how yep. you get noticed. Last thing I want to mention here on Lax Class is we're just about done. Thanks for hanging with us. Is uh, every week the power rankings come out, Evan? We don't really talk about power rankings all that much here on Lacrosse Classified, and, and there's probably good reason for that. But like I see, I see people get right bent out of shape about where their team is and they start arguing with other people on who should be higher or who should be lower. I see teams like actual teams go, you know, like we don't belong there. We power rankings to me are like the most subjective thing ever. And I don't really understand why one people quite frankly care about them and why they, they get, that upset when their team is not where they think they should be. I guess it's it's good that people do care about it, but I I don't know why they do. Well, you have to keep this in perspective. There's different ways to look at power rankings. Is it a case of what have you done for me lately, or is it a case of let's take a look at this team's entire performance throughout the year? What's That's the right really- way to do it? I'm not as much of a what has you done for me lately type of person. So I do probably way more of the overall effort throughout the year, difficulty of the schedule, things like that into the power ranking. Yeah. That's 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 kind of the problem is that they're so subjective. You could literally make a case for anybody being anywhere within, you know, four or five spots of each other. Like I just I don't, I don't. Well, especially with how tight some of the yeah, I just I don't, top, I don't quite right? understand. It's like doing and, mid-season awards, Evan. It's a bit redundant. Yeah. Uh, and let me get one more in okay. here real quick before we go, and that is, you guys have probably heard me talk about Lane Rushka before. This is the Saskatchewan uh, superstar goaltender. He's coming up through the ranks. I think he just turned 19 years old, and this kid took a chance, went up, moved out to Ontario, started playing the Arena Lacrosse League this year. He is number one in wins. He is also beating everybody by a country mile in goals against average. Derek Keenan in the past has always made a point of selecting one Saskatchewan kid to try and develop players. Uh, let's put it this way. There's going to be 13 teams looking at Lane Rushka if he comes and declares for the draft a year from now. Yeah, going to play in St. Kitts, uh, St. Catharines, who have an automatic bid into the Minto Cup this summer as well for uh, for a year of junior lacrosse. So best of luck to Lane and keep uh, keep balling, man. Last thing I want to mention, and it's something we kind of do in our our group chat, Evan, and that's look at the playoff matchups after each week of the regular season. And – 
Like, I can't wait for playoff time to roll around because you're going to see some matchups that you've never seen before and some cool ones at that. Like, I can't remember them all from, from last week, but, like, I know Saskatchewan would play Buffalo in the first round if playoffs started this weekend. Yeah, well, and the thing is is that you move up or down spots like crazy because the, the standings are that tight. Mm-hmm. And this is what I mentioned before when we were talking with Micah Kersey is that having that number one seed, think of it this way. You know, you could be – Halifax could be playing Western teams. They could be playing Colorado or Calgary. They could be playing Saskatchewan in a semifinal or something like that. And those teams having to travel three, four time zones over to play Halifax, that's a heck of an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be just, it's going to be really interesting to watch it kind of play out in the, in the dying weeks of the season and just see the, the jockeying and, and where teams end up slotting in and who's going to play who in the opening round. It's, we may never see it again, right? Like Because I think the playoff format is going to change in the next couple of years and maybe the next couple of years after that as more teams come into the league. So mm-hmm. uh, enjoy it well, I mean, while you can. If Dallas, if Dallas is the next team, I would expect that they'd probably go back to uh, top two. In each, like, you'd have four divisions. Yeah, four, 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 and you'd four. You'd have top two in each, in each division going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, But for now, we will get you on your way. Thanks for hanging with us here on episode number 68. Episode 69 will be back next week. Every Tuesday here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, we bring you a brand new, fresh episode of Lax Class. Uh, Thank you to Reese Dutch and Micah Kersey for coming on the program. To you, the loyal listener, for listening to Lax Class each and every week. Don't forget to sign up for who you got. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may listen. Uh, follow us along on social media as well. I am at PXP for sports. The show is at Lax Class. Evan is at Shem Lax. Give us a follow and uh, follow along the show as well and keep up to date with all things NLL and box lacrosse right here on Lacrosse Classified. To our wonderful sponsors... Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and G. Wilson Construction for their continued support of the podcast. That has how you keep this thing going by supporting them. And it's one happy marriage all around. Thanks for listening. For Evan Scheminar, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody. <laughs>